Hey, welcome to Season 3, Episode 4, I believe, of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, I got my regular co-host, Janelle Wheeler. Hey, everybody. And Matthew Aguilar. What up, peoples? I don't know why I gave you like a fight title right there, but it's fitting today. Yeah, I feel like you play, I've been feeling like you've oh yeah, we are talking wrestling. So there you go. There's a good connection. See, the brain's always working even when it's not. So Matt is right. We are gonna be talking some wrestling today because WWE has Royal Rumble coming up. But first, before we get to that, we gotta break down this Godzilla versus Kong trailer. We also gotta talk about this latest episode of WandaVision and what's going down with that. Plus, we have new comics to talk about. As always, we got more DC Future State plus, and the next big election, as I put it on Twitter. We got to vote for the final member of the X-Men team along with all you fans. So we are going to get into that election debate here. Probably the only political debate you will ever hear. In <laughs> Who are we voting for for the X-Men? So that's going down too. All right, guys, let's get into it. So. Right up at the top, first things first, we got to talk about Godzilla versus Kong, the event culmination of Warner Brothers' MonsterVerse. They had a big trailer debut. It's breaking records for first-day views uh, of Warner Brothers movies, at least. We're not talking Marvel movies. Everybody relax. Like, But for Warner <laughs> Brothers movies, it's breaking records. Uh, it's past the Batman. It's past Dune, both of which had big, major kind of event drops. But uh, so far, it seems like people are loving Godzilla versus Kong, and it seems like it's getting a better reception than either the Godzilla reboot or Godzilla King of the Monsters. All I need to know is, who do y'all got? I already had this debate. I uh, did Screen Junkies uh, movie fights a long time ago, before this movie was even a thing, and we had a debate about this, and I am Team Kong all the way. Janelle, who you got? Yes, I'm Team Kong, too. I got to throw it back, man. Like All right, that's right. I know we hired you for a great reason. Matt, who are you got? I uh it's easy. It's Kong. Kong all the way. It's Kong. Ah, look at this crew. I don't know. We're we're like weirdly united today. Good. <laughs> yeah. Team Kong. Uh, what did you guys think of the trailer itself? I mean, I don't think we're gonna have to be Team Kong or Godzilla because I think that it's pretty obvious that they're gonna team up. Is that not like comment? Like, does not ever? Well, you know, just stealing the <laughs> wow. fun out of Jeez, all of really? it. Like, come on. Yes, of course because we're yes. going to team up. And yes, you even we know. see him. Yeah, kind of. And world. I mean, that's going to be, but that's going to be cool in its own right, right? Like, just seeing them wreck stuff together is going to be amazing. If so, if Kong like does swings, like does a helicopter swing of some monster and throws it up in the air, so Godzilla blasts it, like I'm going to fall out of my seat, like the like the gif of somebody dead. You know what I mean? Like that's gonna be that's gonna be great. I am I am alive and here for that. So, yes, we know they're gonna work together. But in the initial rumble, I want to see that go down. I'm really happy, and we Thumbs gotta win. Thumbs Thumbs thank win. you. That's what I said on movie fights in this huge debate. The opposable thumb. Nature already decided. We evolved because the lizards didn't have thumbs, and we we're gonna and Kong, and he knows how to use tools. Yeah, he his axe is made of floor. Godzilla's like little back pointer yeah. pointers, right? Like, yeah. isn't that what's going on? It's absorbing the power of also, his exactly. Paper. Yeah, yeah. Can we also look at the Godzilla got pwned like three times in his own movies, <laughs> oh. and, and like Kong, it took forever to get him down once. Yes, <laughs> and he was a baby then. 
He's now even bigger. Uh, whatever. Yeah. No way. Colin. So huge. I mean, before we get into too deep a fight, I, I just want to say that the one thing I appreciate about this Godzilla vs. Kong trailer, first of all, Adam Wingard, the director who did, uh, who's gotten flack for doing things like Death Note remake and anime and uh, did, uh, what's that? You're Next, I believe. Um, looks like he's done a really good job. I mean, the, the best we've seen so far, I mean, some of this footage looks really just great and kind of dark and appropriately dark and scary. Um, and even the human parts looked not too dumb. And it looks like we got a great cast for this. So Alexander Skarsgård, Millie Bobby Brown, Rebecca Hall, like these are all really good kind of uh, people. And my man from Deadpool 2, Julian, what's his name? I forget his name. Um, but uh, yeah, so it looks like a good bit of fun on this. Jim is but spreading I, chaos in the chat, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Jim is not about this. Oh, God. Jim is <laughs> <to> Godzilla. <laughs> Scardy Vendetta is Team it's Godzilla all, all He's the just way. all there. Spicy Vince Scardy. <laughs> oh my god, Jim. Jim, stop sabotaging the show. We are I am not going to take <laughs> wow. this Godzilla lander. Yes. What this is a live show, ladies this? and gentlemen? Who are you? You are not scheduled <laughs> for this show. <laughs> I mentioned this in the chat. We all forget the time right. that Godzilla just ripped open a monster's mouth and just dropped atomic breath right through him. That's you know, not Kong. That was a stupid little Muto. And I, I feel like I'm using a slander <laughs> saying that, but it was a stupid little Muto. And like, that's oh, not Kong. Man. Godzilla. Kong, it, Kong is he a was crowned, and whipping ass and eating bananas. He was crowned king all of the of monsters. <laughs> He's all out of bananas. He is already the king. Uh, <sighs> it's about to be was the king because somebody uh -uh. else is coming not, to e not even a little bit y'all i can't wait until this movie comes out oh, so i can just just come back and be like i told y'all so. <laughs> you're not gonna win this i you needed look i'm about to leave i just needed i could not handle the godzilla slander that was going on their unfair bias <laughs> this is so good don't appreciate it i'm out of here this is Without Godzilla, there would power. be no axe. Yeah. <laughs> the axe is great. You see how smoothly Jim Juice came in here? For power, yeah. <laughs> I was, no technical I was, issues, I was so no close. nothing. Yeah, no technical issues, just no nothing. There, I was yeah. so, so close to unity on this. I'm just saying. I was so <laughs> glad that, if nothing else, I, I'm happy that this trailer has made people rediscover Kong Skull Island, which is an underrated gem. But it seems right. Jim, is, Jim is shutting that down too. But no, <laughs> no I'm not look, I, this re I, Renaissance. Kong Skull Island aesthetic, is the best monster look, movie. The of aesthetic these, of yeah. all of these movies is phenomenal, and so to, to see to hopefully have that be brought over into Godzilla vs Kong is really one of the things I'm I'm truly excited for. Uh, but like, I mean, that, like that that's really what just gets me jazzed. I just am finally glad we're going to see this movie. Uh, and like I said, I'm going to step out of here. I just needed to come in and, and tell y'all were wrong. And I did not appreciate uh, all no, the Godzilla go hate go going on. Go off, Jim. We go need off. representation. Thank you. All right. Uh, you guys have a good show. That's so great. <laughs> I love it. Jim coming in hot, coming in real hot. But that's Jim Viscardi, everybody. That was producer Jim Viscardi uh, coming in to stand up for all you Godzilla people, so you don't have to flay us in the comments. Like <laughs> Jim came in, he stumped for you. He's here. All right, we're gonna do that. Moving on from Godzilla versus Kong. This kind of led me to the larger discussion I was kind of interested in talking with you guys about, which is now that we're here, we're getting this trailer, at the same time we're getting news about all of these big 
movie delays for the 2021 movies, right? Um, a lot's happened since we've been on this show last. There have been all, I mean, basically the whole spring slate has been moved over. I think, I mean, we're waiting on what? Like Black Widow is the last thing we're waiting to hear about at this point? Yeah, they're yeah. moving her again, right? Yeah, Bond's gone. Like, you know, we know what, yeah. So a bunch of Disney other movies have moved. Bond has moved. Like all of the big things that were supposed to prop up this spring season have basically gone. Then this Godzilla versus Kong trailer comes out. And now I'm I'm suddenly thinking like for all the controversy we were talking about with WB, yeah, I mean, are they not the smart ones right now? Like, I mean, am I the only one who's been seeing all the commercials that's really lodged in my brain of them running that HBO Max same theater day commercial hype reel they have and just being like, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. They, they are so. I remember we were talking about like all the people coming out against, it, and I under and before I get just railed, I understand why people are upset about it, especially from like a filmmaker side and from a theater side. Yeah. I get However, in this current climate and with the way, the reality of things, it is so smart to do it this way. And I feel like, yeah, they're kind of being proven right. Let's see the results. Let's see the views and all that and how it goes throughout the year, right? But so far, yeah, I, I've not been more hyped for HBO Max, that reel that's like, oh, he's Suicide Squad and Mortal Kombat and all these other things coming. Space Jam. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, I, I'm keeping my subscription active for yep. a reason. That, and it keeps you hooked. And yeah, that HB yeah, HBO Max is looking real good, that sub right now, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. And Disney, just get, get over it and reveal that Black Widow is going to come to a streaming thing. Whatever crazy deal you want to do fine i mean i wish that they wouldn't do that ridiculous mulan thing of like 30 bucks whatever that yeah. to me is garbage uh so don't do that again uh but whatever thing you got to finagle to make everybody happy or as happy as it can be but get real at this point just get real i'm not i'm not going to the theater to see it <laughs> i want to <laughs> see it so bad but you know i mean that's limits. the thing like I, I feel like they're smart because they're creating the new culture i mean the pieces have all been there. We've put together, I mean, Brandon Davis last year was putting together huge quarantine watch party events, mm -hmm. you know, just with movies and press and play at the same time. WB is now advertising this and this will become the culture, right? Like we'll all still be talking about these movies and it's going to even be more interesting after Wonder Woman we saw, which is this large kind of democratization of movies outside of the sphere of, you know, people having to actively pay and go to the theater to see that and only say right. the they really care about enough to do that. Now they can sit at home and now we're going to have all kinds of inputs into these movies. So it's going to be wild, man. But uh, yeah. And if you want to go to the theater, point. you can, you yeah, know, not gone. the option's not gone. Yeah. You can go to the theater and, you know, we did Kofi and I, we were part of a, you know, a premiere with tenant and we all wore masks. We were socially distanced yeah, and, I mean, it it felt safe for me. Like I felt, I felt good. We were in a huge theater, and as long as they keep the capacity really low, like I will go see Black Widow in the theater before I watch it on my TV, and I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with people. Wa I want content. So as a fan, uh, HBO's got it. I'm so excited about more content. I think that like this is something that we should definitely lean into because we're gonna lose progress we're going to lose movies like we're going to lose so many things that that we want to keep going after all of this has 
you know, figured itself out, hopefully, and the theaters are a thing again. And, you know, we can't just like stop everything and keep delaying and lose so much time and so many, you know, projects. We've got to keep this rolling. So, yes, I think every other company needs to get with the program <laughs> and start doing this. One of our commenters, uh, Real Ron Perty, said, if I see a commercial with Jared Leto about an HBO movie on HBO Max, one more time. Joker, I'm cool. I, I know that I know what you're saying, but I, again, that's a good example because how many people would even notice a movie like The Little Things, that movie that's coming up this weekend? I would not. With Jared Leto, uh, Denzel Washington, Remy Malik. It looks cop. really good. Great cast. Yeah. Looks yeah. Awesome. I'm going to watch that. And yeah. how many people would actually notice that, even if it's just enough to be annoyed by Jared Leto doing some weird possible killer hobo guy um, act? Like, yeah. So uh, WB, I think, is on to something. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because. Like I said, you're going to have an influx of people who would never notice and pay or go out to a theater for a movie like that who are going to sit down this weekend and be like, new movie, oh my God, put it in my veins. And like, yeah. <laughs> and I agree um, with uh, And that's Aaron just me Fyfe. I'm describing, but like, I feel like there will be more than just me doing that. So Yeah, I agree with Aaron Five's comment, by the way, which is actually a really smart way to, to do a release. So like when, you know, theaters are at full capacity again, you can re-release a lot of these things in IMAX. Oh, that's a good call. People a, yeah. You know, a, a improved expanded experience other than just going to see the movie on a on a big screen again that's a cool way especially hbo because or sorry especially wb because they do a bunch of stuff in that ratio anyway and they're big imax supporters so i think that's smart it's also awesome that they're going to be getting a jump like we don't have very long to start wait i mean we're going to get smaller films but like the big films are coming soon like by spring we'll all be talking about big films again and there's something there is something kind of comforting about that yeah all right, give us that Black Widow. I know. I feel like poor Black Widow. I know. Why do we feel bad for it? <laughs> like everybody else had to adapt. Like I feel like you've fallen from the box office and won't even get a funeral just to stream. I just like I don't feel bad anymore. I'm like you. You held out for some reason, thinking like things were going to change from a month to month basis, and every other studio told you it's not happening, and you did it anyway. I don't feel bad. True. All right. <laughs> Touche. There you go. So we're going to see. It's going to be an interesting year movies. Um, Yeah. Who knew? WB and, you know, DC and stuff. They could get a major jump on this. So it's going to be interesting to see. I want to see what happens when Suicide Squad hits and Mortal Kombat hits and kind of like what that kind of stuff. Those things that are really trying to kickstart franchises. So it's going to be interesting. So excited about Mortal Kombat. Me too. So, all right. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, try to pay some bills here. But when we come back, we're going to break down that next WandaVision episode, talk some comics, and get into the preview of the WWE Royal Rumble. So stay tuned for all of that. And we're back. That so music slaps. Yeah, that does slap. <laughs> Woo, slap <laughs> All right, so like we said when we were coming back, we are going to talk first about the next episode of WandaVision, episode three. Then we're going to talk about some comics. And then at the end, we have a surprise guest jumping in with us for a breakdown of WWE's Royal Rumble. So be sure to stay tuned for that, too. So let's get into WandaVision, guys. WandaVision, Wand, WandaVision. I haven't sang in a while, so I had to do it. No, no. I mean, was, <laughs> it was great. I was got to keep that speak alive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we got a songbird. We got a user. You know, I mean, Comic Book Nation's got talent. 
Yeah, there we go. Bam. Uh, so thank you for that intro. That was very nice, John. <laughs> uh, yes. So episode three, when we said when we talked about episode one and two, I pulled the flex and told you guys I had seen three ahead of time and that uh, I, I thought this one would be pivotal to kind of maybe sparking people out of the initial malaise that they had with the first two episodes as things kind of drastically get a little bit more freaky, a little bit more interesting. Um, was that the effect you guys had when you watched it, Matt? <laughs> I love how you go right to me. <laughs> um, you know, I well, meant to you're, you're, our, you're our comics expert. I was kind of curious how you felt. Um, okay. So I, after watching this episode, um, I will say this was the one, the best episode of the series to date for me. Um, also, it did the best job of in that 22 minutes or whatever, uh, threading the line of like upping the tension, showing you different things of like something's off, all that building that layer that they've been trying to build. And then also slipping in some cool, you know, fun homages, nothing like too deep or anything, but like fun homages and cool references and also uh, moving the story forward. And, and they still homage the fun, like Brady Bunch thing, right? They still did that, which is like core to the show, but they did all the other things really well. And I felt like it was actually a well-rounded episode. And honestly, I was kind of like, okay, this is, I feel like in a lot of ways, this should have been part of the first episode. Like it could have, you could have cut the first two and put the best bits from them and the first half and then had this be like the real thing. Cause if this had been the first episode, I would be way more high on the series. So I thought this was finally like moving in a good direction for me. Jay wheel. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I think I've said this before so many times. I'm a huge fan of the uh, structure of the show. I am a big bewitched watcher, Brady bunch watcher. I mean, I was watching that as a kid up until like I was a teenager partridge family, the whole thing. Um, so the structure of this is great for me because I get both these like kind of creepy undertone hints of, you know, what's going to be going on with this entire universe. But I also have to tell you guys, I did something huge. I read House of M. Yes. <laughs> I read the whole thing and I just finished it before I watched this uh, third episode and Boy, what a difference it makes. Um, if I, I don't know, it hasn't been confirmed, has it, that it is going to definitely like follow House of M, the comics, no. but it's at least been hinted or teased or like hypothesized. Yeah, the are all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And so that, if you are kind of having a hard time, maybe sinking your teeth into it, I highly recommend reading House of M and then going back and watching all three episodes because that's what I did. I made my fiance wait to watch um, the first two episodes until the third one came out because I just felt like there was no payoff in the first two. And so once I finally got to see the last one, I said, okay, okay or the third episode, I was like, let's go in together. We're going to watch all of them and sit down in one setting. And like, it's just, it was really exciting. Um, after reading house of them, I felt like the payoff at the end of the third episode with, you know, Geraldine coming out of the bubble or whatever we want to call it, um, is very exciting. Even the artwork from house of M there's an alternate, um, on the first book, there's an alternate uh, cover and it's like of Wanda, of her face like this and like all these pixels, like basically being like ripped apart of her own face and her own hands. And it looks like so much like the end credits from the episodes with all those little pixels moving around and swirling. It's 
crazy. Like if this doesn't tie into House of M, I'm going to be like so shocked and kind of disappointed. <laughs> okay, well that's a good point. So much chaos in the comments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I got about, it. You know, let's talk about the comments and just take some of the theories that people are kind of talking about, and let's just address some of the big ones in episode three. So. First of all, we have the twins born, Billy and Tommy. Of course, those are just not random names for anybody who doesn't know Marvel Comics history. Those are the children that Wanda initially created out of magic. Um, it was found out she used pieces of the devil Mephisto's soul to make them. Mephisto later reclaimed them, but he didn't. They were later reborn, and they became and grew up to be heroes uh, in the Marvel and the Young Avengers team, Speed and Wiccan. Uh, who later figure out their or their true origins and connections to Scarlet Witch. So now we have these two literally being born into the MCU and on the table for later reuse. So that's a step towards Young Avengers. Uh, people have asked about Geraldine. If you don't know, Geraldine is Monica Rambo, who is the daughter of Maria Rambo, who was Captain Marvel's best friend in the Captain Marvel movie. Uh, and Maria Rambo has her own set of powers. She goes by like 50 different names in Marvel Comics. Uh, photons, I guess, one I'll just use, or Spectrum. I think um, Spectrum is the one they'll go yeah, with. Yeah, Spectrum they'll go with. Yeah. yeah, but she has, like, kind of light powers and stuff. And so that's what you kind of saw at the end of Episode 3 was that first hint that uh, that Geraldine works for S.W.O.R.D. She wears the little pendant and that, yeah, she has her own set of powers. So that's another step, possibly in the Young Avengers direction. And let's talk about the big theory. Jim is freaking out in the comments. A lot of people have been freaking out about this in the last week. Uh, the reverse House of M being a, a big theory of what we're going to see happen. So if you don't know your comics history, House of M was this story where Wanda kind of lost it and created her own reality where she had these children and she made the world kind of, you know, really crazy good for mutants um, and for her family. But when it all kind of broke down, she create, she caused what was now known as M-Day, in which her kind of final reality warping wish, if you will, was the phrase, no more mutants, which basically nearly made mutants extinct in the, in the Marvel Universe for a long time. And it was down to just like the X-Men and a handful of other mutants that they were trying to produce. Yeah, it was like 100, yeah. something like that. I fell off the books because I thought all this got really stupid after this. Oh, but, uh, man. I loved that little time there. <laughs> the Utopia or whatever they tried to Oh, create. man. Yeah, oh, Utopia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Give me Utopia. I love Schism. Give I mean, Messiah War, Messiah War and all that stuff. For the really Cyclops, great. Norman Osborn moment alone with the jetpack is worth that whole freaking thing. But yeah. yeah. But anyway, so there were no more mutants. But now the theory is in the MCU, we're going to get the reverse that Wanda will be the cause of mutants by basically calling a retcon in which she says the opposite. Instead of no more mutants, we're going to see more mutants. And that'll be kind of her reality warping final wish at the end of this. What do you think about that theory? And do you like it? We will go to you, Janelle, since you just Ooh. finished House of M, Twist. Yeah, I do like it a lot. Um, I think that I come from a place where I'm more on the uh, superhero side, so I need to be more familiar with this mutant world. We did read a um, an X-Men comic this week, and I was completely lost. Like, <laughs> I was yeah, pained I reading this comic book. Yeah. 
So um, honestly, the more that they can introduce film and TV currently and bring the mutants more into the light so we can actually get to know them and get their stories more. Also being able to call them mutants and not miracles um, and movies would be huge. And um, I just think there's a lot of characters that need their stories to be told. And I want to get to know them, um, not just in comic books, but definitely on the big screen or the streaming screen, whatever, however they're going to release these because of the world we're living. But yeah, I think it'd be really great. I'm, I'm all about it. I am, you know, I, I wish that I've heard a theory of like, you know, Vision escaped into the interwebs somehow and is still survived. And that could be another theory. But I, I'm so scared that that is not the truth. And I'm bummed because I want Vision to still be there with Wanda. But um, I think it's more likely this other theory is where we're headed. Matthew. I Well, one, I'm really glad that Janelle brought up uh, one, and we'll get into it a little bit later, but like X-Men, right? Because yes, it is, especially with so much like, I did feel bad actually about throwing you <laughs> into the deep end on that one. I was like, we need to talk about it, but uh, it's, it's kind of, yeah. So there's a lot there. So don't feel bad at all. Um, <laughs> number two, I, because I don't think, because I don't love the the comics version of Wanda, like I actually love the MCU version. I actually prefer the MCU version of Wanda over the comics, just because I think she's just a really, she's a more well-rounded character. She's just, she's just more interesting uh, than all the things that have happened to Wanda in the comics. And in the MCU, it feels like you're there for the ride with her. Like she's a character despite all those things. Uh, so I, I really like that. And I think if you were going to pull the trigger on something from House of M, this would be the best way to get all your, I don't even know if she would say more mutants, just mutants would be a great way to just like right. clean the board. Like they've never existed. You don't have to mess with all that. Well, this person was around secretly and all that. Cause then things get muddy. So why not just make it mutants or something along those lines? And then you have them and they're, and they're there. And now you just have to like, you know, explain a few little things, but you've created this big canvas. I like it. I like the idea. Uh, I'm okay with Vision not being around, but I'm not like, the biggest no. <laughs> I'm the biggest Vision fan. So, like, take that. Yeah, with I don't want to burst Janelle's bubble, but uh, villain they came, uh, villain they call me. I'm sorry, sir. That has been saying in the comments that, or in the comments that he seems to still have a stone in his head, which is a huge red flag that Vision's probably right not there because it's probably a memory. It's probably yeah. a memory of him, yeah, because yes. he, he wouldn't still have that stone, baby. That stone <laughs> is gone, baby. Gone. Oh, um, yeah. Tom Solo also said something I kind of wanted to say to agree with you, Matt, which is that, yeah, Wanda losing it is basically she's become Marvel's McGuffin for every big cluster fudge in their universe. Um, Wanda went hysterical and then, like, you know, lost her powers, which. I don't think it's a trope we need. We can get deeper than that, which I'm glad WandaVision is doing. So, all right, that sounds good. Uh, anybody have anything else they wanted to throw out there? Did it, Oh, what I did love, I'll just say in closing is, I had like, I love the soap opera kind of sitcom thing came in because I was like, oh, child, as soon as she name dropped <laughs> Ultron, I was like, oh, no, God. you didn't. And I was eating my popcorn on the edge of my seat. So uh, good stuff. Um, yeah, the preview episodes are done, so nobody really knows what's coming up. There are no press out there that like know what's next. This is truly new territory we're about to get into for WandaVision. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll be definitely staying on top of that.
All right, guys, let's talk some Comax. Comics. Comics. Matt, what do you got for us this week? Yeah, so uh, you know what? Let's let's kick off because we're already on it. We've already kind of briefly referred to it. So not so much the issue of X-Men. But let's start off with the big news, which is the X-Men election, which uh, you know, this issue actually does refer to as well. So for those who have been following, uh, the X-Men Cyclops and Gene kind of made a change to what the next X-Men team would be. And so they're going to put it up for elections. Uh, so the, of course, within the books, you will see, you know, the council and other things voting on like who makes this team. And they're going to leave it up to the actual mutants on Krakoa. But there's that one final slot. And the one final slot is going to be decided by fan vote, which is always a grenade, I feel like. (laughs) So uh, this list is pretty interesting. Uh, I will be curious uh, to see who voted who. People know who I voted for already. Um, but, uh, so that is, what do you think of that? Do you like the idea of being able to vote on this, leaving that last slot up to a fan vote? Do you like that? Yeah, I think that's special. That's really cool. That's all I got to say is I called it. (laughs) (laughs) You did call it. Kobe did actually call it. Uh, he did say that there would be a thing. Who'd you vote for Kobe? Um, I'm still split right now. I'm like, really, I can't make up my mind to press the button between, Marrow and Forge because I think Forge, it's been a while since I've really seen Forge kind of brought out to do something good in as a 90s X-Men kid. Forge is awesome. And I think if you really put Forge to use in the way that like Marauders has put like Kitty Pride to use and things like that, I think there's a new era of Forge waiting for us. So I'd love that. Um, Similarly, as a 90s kid, I also freaking love Marrow because Marrow's awesome. Yeah was one of the greatest uh, kind of character creations and glow-ups I've ever seen in X-Men comics from the initial, like, like looking like a weird kind of festering tumor look she had to kind of get in the mohawk badass look. Um, and her powers are cool. So I always love Marrow. So, you know, I can't, I can't vote against it. Um, luckily, they didn't put Maggot on this, or or this would have been lopsided voting right from the start. You right? dang right it would be, and it's criminal. Why isn't Maggot on this list? Tempo made it over Maggot. Whatever. Anyway, that okay. is. So I mean, I there, there's some weird. Yeah, there's. I I will I will come out and agree. There are some weird choices on here, like Armor. Right. Well, I was going to actually choice. read the whole list. So yeah, before ahead, we move to Janelle and me and who we voted for, uh, so the list consists of Banshee, Polaris, Forge, Boom Boom, Tempo. Cannonball, Sunspot, Strong Guy, Marrow, and Armor. So it's an interesting list. And there's some really big characters on there. Uh, but it's. And then there's Strong list. Guy and Banshee, as Jim pointed out. There's some really big characters. And then there's Strong Guy and Banshee. Uh, so, Janelle, out of that group, who oh, looks God. most interesting to you? Just, just on a name. And if you don't know their powers or whatever, just on a just first impression. Well, the only thing, the comic that we just read had like a little moment of Cannonball having dialogue. Did you see that? There was like yes. a full weird transcript page <laughs> I, I, out of nowhere that I was very confused about. I was like, okay, is this, is this a blog? Like what's happening? <laughs> um, but that's because I'm familiar from I felt like that that's kind of like an uh, an unfair moment. You're throwing that character in there and, you know, he gets a, a cannonball gets a 
a biased like little moment, but honestly, I feel so confused by the whole thing. I'm truly, it's all good. It's, it's so much like in previous X-Men comics that we have been reading. I feel like I've understood quite a bit because they're not, I felt like they, they're just throwing words out there (laughs) of like references to things that, I mean, if you didn't, no, I, it, it was impossible. It was impossible. It felt like I was reading a science biology book or something. Um, and <laughs> honestly, like the vote was my favorite part because I started to kind of like look at these characters and see the names and go, okay, like how do I, who, who is this? What what do they do? Like what is their power? And I feel kind of embarrassed that I don't know a lot about the X-Men now because there is a huge lineup that I had no idea. I thought the X-Men was like Storm and Rogue and you know, it, that's it's just... It's well, did not lot. feel embarrassed about not knowing uh, who half of these characters are. <laughs> yeah, I did not feel that way at all. I, I like, can't believe we're still doling out Banshee. Like, I mean... <laughs> I guess, so I guess there hasn't been enough progression for Irish rights to like stop throwing their weird stereotype character from the seventies at us. Like, like nobody, I mean, Siren's a 10 times better character. Like just stop with this Banshee stuff. Ooh, more, I agree. By the way, that's the, a hot the, take. The, I agree with that. Hot take. The I, most interesting thing about, I mean, I was just about to say with Marrow, I, I realized I'm kind of on the line between Marrow and Boom Boom. Cause Boom Boom has been an interesting character. I just like um, that name. I love the name. She's a classic character from like very 90s, very 90s yeah. character. But oh, yeah. in recent oh, yeah. books, she's killed it. She's great. They've done such a good job with her and kind of giving her that Kate Pride, you know, like redo and like really letting her personality shine. And she's got like a great power set. She needs to be in this. I think it would be great. I think she has it. Boom was really interesting during that weird arc in the 90s where Sabretooth was getting reformed when they were basically doing like a man behind the wall with him like chain there and she got really close with him. Yeah. That was like the weirdest character pairing, but like the most pre-Hickman Hickman thing I think I've ever seen was that was like Joe Boom Mad Boom. Days, right? Yeah, Joe Mad Days, like yeah, oh, Boom Boom's friendship with Sabretooth. So she could be a really interesting character, and I and I think and I, I love that she's just like a trailer park trash character with a weird 80s mall retro vibe. So, I mean, that's good stuff we could play with, too. So I'm on the fence. It's a hard vote for me, man. It's a hard vote. So moving from X-Men, um, because I feel like I feel like there wasn't one. I will shout out before we move on completely from X-Men. It was cool to see the like classic X-Factor uniforms come back. I do have a soft spot for that Cyclops white and blue look and like jeans old school look like i'd like that stuff it feels so out of place in the krakoa era but it does it it doesn't make any sense uh from uh (laughs) from like a practical thing and i and i agree i mean there was a lot of i mean this book is very hickman this book fits you know this is like supposed to anyway be like the flagship book even though i say marauders is but this is supposed to be the flagship book of you know uh this current realm of post house and powers uh, X-Men, right? So, but this book, this particular issue didn't really add a ton for me. I just thought the election was like the most important part to talk about. Yeah, and skip so- to the end. It's really special. It's a special thing. Imagine if like they did that with Justice League or like Avengers. Yeah, or everybody I mean, slow down. Keep it moving before this. But it would be so cool. Down. So, uh, moving into Future State though, uh, we've got of course a lot to talk about. Uh, there was a lot of books this week, but the ones we want to talk about are Dark Detective number two, which follows uh, Bruce Wayne, the supposed dead Batman who's still around, and Harley Quinn, uh, White Knight, 
uh, Harley Quinn, which is uh, the last issue turned out to be a really big favorite amongst the show. So of course, this is the next issue. I want to talk about that. Uh, of these two, what stood out to you most? Um, for me, it was DD, Double D. What about, because I know, I remember us talking about the first issue and you, like you liked it, but you weren't like in love with it. Um, yeah, I think, I feel like this one maybe helps clear up some of the continuity of this. Cause I was complaining about continuity and like what happened, why is Bruce Wayne dead and not dead and missing. And I feel like this one did a good job of really clearing that up and making it, making it seem like why some of these stories, it seems like Bruce Wayne is dead and why he's clearly alive in some of them. Um, is this confusion about his fake death. And I, I thought it was just the best that showed me it was it was the it was kind of the culmination of what we've been talking about for like a year now of what they've been trying to do with batman this whole back to basics back to the ground after joker war and this even referenced joker war yeah, was- um and and this was the this was the actual vision of it that i could get behind like bruce wayne out in the streets with nothing kind of this rugged you know more kind of <laughs> you know thrift store batman who, and just trying to survive in this kind of occupied Gotham. That was interesting storytelling to me. So like he doesn't I even have a like cowl. It. He has no. like a bike helmet. It's yeah. <laughs> it's so, dude, it's and so his crazy. whole setup of like living in a house with this dude and this guy, crazy man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it's so weird. It, it's just kind of like, it reminds me of daredevil. Uh, I forget the name of the story arc when he basically like reinvented himself as like a chef and stuff. Like it's kind of like that. And, and it works for me. It kind of is the most interesting version of these Gotham future stories I've seen. And I like it more than the, uh, the next Batman. Agreed. No, I, I agree. I, I, which was surprising me because I didn't expect that, but uh, you know, yeah. Janelle, what did you feel? Yeah. Which one stuck out for you? Oh, Harley. Yeah. The Harley. I mean, I actually love both of those a lot, but the Harley is just, I, I it's magnificent. The artwork is so gorgeous and unique, and the storyline is so easy to follow, but yet it's it's very intriguing and and interesting. Um, it's just so cool to see her in this role. And uh, I mean, even like deep, like super, if you go in really deep, like even the like mention of like, oh, there's you're dealing with some postpartum depression and like things like that that you maybe probably just skimmed right over. But the fact that they even, touch on that in a comic book with Harley is like shocking. You know, it's, I don't know. It's just a really beautiful, it feels almost, it just, it feels like a book almost. I feel like it reads like my imagination keeps, um, you know, kind of getting away from me in a good way. And, and some of the comic books that I've read, they spell everything out so much. They lay everything out so much. And there's so much dialogue that you're not really, you know, free to do that. And I just, I loved it. I I think they've done such a good job with her storyline and I've actually missed, I think I missed one in between and I still picked right up. Like it was nothing. I just got the storyline and it was Uh, great. That's so nice to hear. Yeah. I, I like both. I mean, I actually agree. Both of your points are the reasons why uh, I liked both of these issues quite a bit. I thought dark detective did a very good job of, of, Putting the focus on that back to basics Batman, shoring up some of those continuity issues we talked about last week uh, with some of the other Batman appearances. That is still a mess, but within Dark Detective, <laughs> it works. I understand where things are, uh, you know, and it's and it's helping. Like Batman Superman had some additional context from like what happened before, like the magistrate completely took over and things like that. So there are other nuggets out there that are worthwhile. 
But if you just read Dark Detective, I think you're in pretty good shape. And yeah. Dan Mora could, you know, draw the phone book and I'd, I'd be happy. So art is gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> as far as Harley, I agree. I think, uh, you know, one of the things I love most about this character in this version is that she's an adult. It, it's an adult, like very approachable story mm-hmm. from this character of like, it's, I mean, you know, look at us just in the show talking about it. We all, you know, like I'm a, a new parent, you know, Kofi's been doing the parenting thing for a while, you know, and you're not a parent yet, uh, <laughs> or, you know, like, but look at all the different styles, right? And we all come yeah. at it and we all enjoy this book because it still touches on just like adulthood. It touches right. on a character and makes her so interesting. And, and the stuff with Joker, I haven't loved the the flashbacks to the oh. Joker stuff in the previous issues. Oh, okay. But this was fantastic wow. just the yes. way it like it actually adds yeah like it adds yes. something to that context yeah. and it's rich and it's not just like oh we have to shoehorn joker in here oh we That's, have to yeah kind of closing out because i said i like dark detective and i didn't explain why um i loved the last issue of harley and i loved all i love all these issues of harley and it seems like they skip like the even ones are a little different than the odd ones but the even ones tend to kind of focus more on these two villains mm-hmm. a little bit more and that's what I didn't enjoy as much about this one. I felt like this one was very heavily about the villains and yeah, uh, the and whatever her name is, uh, the female villain. I forget her name, like Shade or whatever her name is. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I liked the parts that were really about Harley, like that flashback I really loved about kind of retconning the Batman 89 Joker origin with Harley kind of like thrown in there, um, which was really great because if you didn't, uh, that was a little Easter egg. I, I guess I've seen that movie so many times, but like <laughs> that was exactly like Batman 89 drawn in a different style. But um, yeah, that stuff was amazing. And I love that. Like you said, the adult Harley story, it's when it's kind of moving into these other things that, that kind of spread. And this one was all about the twist reveal at the end that that guy she's working with is, you know, kind of been brainwashed by these villains and his little off his nut. So um, I, I liked it when it was Harley. I, I just thought it moved a little bit too far away from her for my liking, but Agreed. That was it. Yeah. Understand. All right. So we got one more thing to do at the end of the show. We got WWE Royal Rumble coming up. And so we got to talk about it, but uh, I don't feel like I'm qualified to do that. So let's get on an expert. Let's get on a special guest here. Let's bring him out, Rich, if we can. There he is. There he is. Mr. Tasty. <laughs> Not uh, even COVID could keep me away from this show, guys. Look at that. Man. Please don't say that. Trooper. Please don't test that. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I beat it. Oh, wait, you had it? Yeah, what had do you it. think I've been fighting those last 10 days? I don't know. I haven't heard this. We're all in separate houses. Like, Check oh, my man. Twitter, Kofi. Come on, Oh, man. sorry, man. I've been taking uh, social media breaks uh, ah, for, for my own health. I understand. Yeah, I'm so glad you're safe and with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I didn't know Thanks this. Thanks for being here. Yeah, man. Yeah, thank you for being here. I thought you were just talking in general. I didn't know you were talking. Uh, no, no, no. Man, I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you're here. I mean, I take a social... See, Janelle, I told you I took a social media break. And everything breaks down by the time I get back. Yes. Falling apart. All yes. right. Um, glad you're okay. So Mr. Connor Case is here to talk WWE Royal Rumble. We are glad you are here. Somebody said that I blocked you. I didn't block him. You don't know that. Oh, <laughs> uh, I did not mute you either. I just like I said, I've just been stepping away. Um, I had a COVID care uh, scare here with my my kids, and so I've been mm. rather busy. Everybody's okay. I'm Good. glad you're okay. 
Now let's talk something happier. Let's talk about WWE Royal Rumble. Let's talk about happier times because the Royal Rumble is this Sunday. This is one of my favorite pay-per-views of the year. It's one of most people's favorite pay-per-views of the year. We've only got about five matches on it, but the two big ones everyone is going to be talking about are the two Royal Rumble matches. You got 30 people in each. Only one person can win. That person gets a world championship match at WrestleMania in April. Matt, before we break down the actual matches themselves, let's talk about that WWE title match. Let's talk about Drew McIntyre versus everybody's favorite old guy and mine, Goldberg. Oh, no. He's back. Anybody who watches this show may recall the last time we talked about Goldberg and I gave loving direction towards camera two to focus on me. And trust me, once we're back in the studio, I'm bringing that bit back. Matt, how do you feel about this match? Uh, okay, I am a I am a Goldberg fan. I will ah. just put that out there right now. I do not like the fact that he's been popping up more and more. I thought the 2016 return was perfect. He didn't need to screw it up anymore, but they keep doing it to diminishing returns. What I will say, though, is that I actually think as long as Drew McIntyre wins and they put him over, I'm fine with it. That's fine. That's what. That's how, to me, legends should be used to push a newer star and to put that rub on and, and move them forward in a way. So I think it would be really smart because Goldberg like made an example of Brock Lesnar, right? And they did that whole thing. And yes, Lesnar got the win back and stuff, but like no one remembers that part. Everyone remembers the first part where he like decimated Lesnar in like you know uh, five minutes. So do you guys, can I ask a question? Not to interrupt, but do you guys think the Supreme Court is going to hear the case eventually about the WWE and elder abuse? <laughs> Yes, uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yes, yes, they might. They might. Uh, yes, I. I don't think I know. This worked out bad last time with the fiend. Oh, and last time? How about the last two times? Because yes. poor Kevin Owens still hasn't recovered. Yes, but like, okay, Kevin Owens can recover from anything, as we've seen. He's so he has no, never he's hit fine. the same level he was at. He's. Fine. I love Kev, but he's, he's getting buried under good. chairs and tables on a regular basis. Is fine. I, I don't think he can be hurt. I think though, you can hurt Drew. By yes. giving Goldberg a win. So, yes, I don't like that. If that is the scenario, I will be upset. However, if it's not, yay. Yay. This whole thing is just with the big old asterisk of this is fine as long as Drew wins. If yeah. Goldberg wins, nobody's happy. Especially not me because I'm coming back on this show if he, if Drew loses. Okay. You're going to hear what I have to say. But anyway, let's get to the matches that people really want to talk about. The Royal Rumble matches themselves. Matt. For me, this is the first time in a while where the field's kind of wide open. Yeah. They, they've done a good job at five or six people potentially win, winning the men's match and three to four winning the women's match. Usually it's one or two, and it's – it's If you know, that. Whichever, if that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's usually one, and it's Roman, and it's, oh, dear God, please don't make it happen. Yeah. Who you got? Who, who's in your top three? going into into Sunday. Are we splitting men and women or just as let's, a whole? Let's split men and women. Okay, so men, I feel like recent episodes of, you know, SmackDown and Raw, I would say Cesaro and Shinsuke would be two favorites to win okay. because they have been pushing them and actually letting them get wins, which okay. is amazing in this age. So I will say them for me. I say if I had to pull a third, 
I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull for my boy Otis. So there. Uh, Tucker, I'm gonna pull can, for my can boy. I just say last week when he pops out of nowhere during that obstacle course? Amazing. With Bianca, that was amazing. It's amazing. And Bianca lifted him like no problem. All right. So like, speaking of Bianca, I will say for the women's, uh, Bianca is right up there. They have been pushing her. They have been as they should, and they've been doing a great job of that so far. I will say also Bailey is a is a great way to do it if you want to keep heat on her and kind of keep her in that picture. Uh, and then the other, I would say, and this one is kind of, I mean, I will say Alexa Bliss. They have been they've been pushing her. Uh, that whole Fiend storyline, I feel like, is still drawing viewers in whether people hate it or not it's still commanding attention um i will say i wish i wish they would give it to live uh because she is an underrated star and feels like that would be a great way to kind of get her back in there uh but you know that probably won't happen yeah. so i would she's say not, those she's not ready yet i would I, say those three. Oh, i think she's ready I think they have done a piss poor job of giving her anything to work with. <laughs> so I will say she's ready. Uh, but I will say those three stars for me. What about you? So for the men's, I got to go with my guy, Daniel Bryan. I think yeah. we know that his days as a full-time wrestler are coming to an end here soon. If they're ever going to feel like pulling the trigger on actually giving him a run after years of uh, asking for it, I think it's this one. Because there's a great story you can tell with him and Roman where Roman goes, hey, how come every time I'm about to get success, the people choose you instead? That's a good point. You, you, you can take this back six, seven years in terms of the history those two have, even though they don't interact that often. Yeah. Uh, number two is Big E. If you watch SmackDown, you know they have strapped a rocket to this guy. I don't know if he walks in with the Intercontinental Championship into Mania, but him versus Roman could be a ton of fun. And number three, I got to go with Edge. And, and Jim brought it up in the comments that promo on Monday was outstanding. And I really don't want to see him versus Randy Orton for a third time. So let's go with, let, let's give him, give him Drew and just give him a program that the two of them can sink their teeth into. Honorable mention is Keith Lee because I love my boy Keith and he is not getting enough love right now. On the women's side, I think it's a two horse race between Bianca. And even though they haven't said anybody from any can show up, Rhea Ripley, I think. You can you can call back to what happened last year. You can instantly put her in the Raw Women's Championship picture because that thing is dead on arrival right now, and she could give it some life. I think she – the year she's had, I'm not going to say she deserves it, but, man, it could do, do so much for her if she I, I Look, if we were talking surprise additions because, like, they've been so hesitant to put NXT – in any of their events <laughs> lately. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know if they would or not. I think she's more of a raw after an event type of thing. If they're going to debut her for the main roster. Um, Maybe. But I do love the idea of her popping up there. Uh, you know, I, I think she adds anything. She's had a great year. She's had a fantastic year after they screwed her with Charlotte. And losing again, another thing of like halting someone's growth because someone else had to win. So I think it would be a great idea. And poor Oscar just having nothing to do right now. She dances. She, she <laughs> but she's so much more than I that. know. I'm just saying she dances. That's, she that's does what dance. She does on Raw. That's what she does on Raw. And it sucks. And she screams in Japanese, and I don't understand any of it, but she's entertaining. But that's the Royal Rumble for you, Kofi. I just love hearing wrestling with no context. I feel yeah. like that should, should be like a show concept, like we just launch into you guys clips of just 
saying things because the descriptions of things are just so crazy that you guys describe. I thought anime was nuts, but like wrestling is like really nuts if you just jump in the middle of a conversation. Wait, what did what did Jim LMAO? What are you talking about? What what is he saying? I don't, I don't even know what he was referencing there. I'm so I don't know. Jim, Jeez, I, I don't chaos. know. You're just chaos. It's chaos. Producing chaos, more like it. Producer Jim Viscardi, everybody. Is that uh, you guys? Any more for wrestling? You want to say? Did it? I'm, I'm good, but man, it, it's fair that you make the anime comparison because wrestling is live action anime. So if you're not watching, you should be. Sure. I mean, yeah, that's a glowing endorsement right there. All right, Matt, did you have any more uh, comics mentions that you wanted to run down before we yeah, get out of here? Just real quick, uh, there was a lot uh, to get to this week, but I will say. Uh, Future State Aquaman uh, did. Uh, I know we were a little unsure about the premise. Has it read? Uh, this issue was really nothing <laughs> like the like. It has that idea at the very end of it, but it's it's a great story. So if you are looking to give something a chance, especially if you've been if you've been reading the last two runs of Aquaman, this was fantastic. Brandon Thomas knocked this out of the park. So definitely check that out. Uh, also Deadpool number 10 uh, makes me sad because it is the end of the series, a surprise pseudo cancellation. Uh, you know, the heroes reborn thing is kind of taking over. So we're guessing that a lot of books are kind of meeting their end. So that can kind of come in and take over everything. Hopefully this returns. Cause this is one of the best, Devil books around, so I am upset, but it is great. Also, Jeff the Shark gets a symbiote, and I'm happy. It's amazing. So that is what I wanted to share. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. We put up new episodes Wednesday where we go live on Twitch so we can talk to so many of you guys and interact, which is becoming much more fun. And we love you guys for uh, coming back and being here. We're also live on Facebook, and we hit you guys up as well every Wednesday. If you miss the live shows, we will post the episode on comicbook.com on Wednesday. You can also check it out on our Comic Book Nation YouTube page or on any of your podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, and uh, you can tell any Google or other smart home device to play Comic Book Nation podcast, and they'll just do it for you. If you like the show, follow us at the at Comic Book Nation Twitter account, or you can find us at the Comic Book Nation hashtag, or you can check us out individually. I'm at Kofi Outlaw. I am at Aguilar CB. I'm at Janelle Wheeler. And I'm at Connor Casey underscore CB. If you like the show, go on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, because, oh my God, we have so many t-shirts to give away eventually. But uh, when we finally get back to a building, hopefully sometime in 2021, we will be giving away uh T-shirts to our five-star reviewers, so make sure you're one of them. Otherwise, thank you, guys. Be sure to check out some great content this weekend, and you can join us again next week to break it all down on Comic Book Nation. We're out of here. Peace. Bye, guys.